Welcome to the Law Enforcement Guru, the podcast dedicated to inspire, motivate, educate, and prepare you for a job in law enforcement. Our conversations with industry experts, leading professionals, and on our own personal experience will help you navigate all aspects of the selection process and provide the edge you need to succeed. Now, here's your host with over 30 years of experience, the law enforcement guru himself, Deputy Chief Tony Levitino. Welcome to episode number seven of the Law Enforcement Guru podcast, where I will lift the veil of mystery and misunderstanding surrounding the law enforcement selection process. I'm your host, retired Deputy Chief Tony Levitino, and thanks for joining me. If you hadn't noticed, there's a war raging in the liberal media regarding the appropriateness of the thin blue line flag and its associative symbolism. For those unfamiliar, the symbol is typically a black and white American flag with a blue line replacing one of the state stripes. Police detractors are unsupportive of our use of the flag and allege it represents repression, racism, and divisiveness, but I vehemently disagree. The blue line is no more than the philosophical construct of a line representing the separation between the law-abiding citizens and criminals. On one side of the blue line are the lawless, corrupt, and criminal elements bent on the destruction of society. On the other side of the blue line are the innocent and law-abiding community members continually preyed upon. The blue line is the hundreds of thousands of law enforcement officers who give their lives to protect others while still upholding the rights of the lawless and the corrupt. Where exactly did this concept of the thin blue line arise? Well, historically, the term thin blue line was derived from the thin red line. The thin red line was used to describe a military engagement during the Crimean War in 1854 by the British Sutherland Highlanders 93rd Regiment in the battle at Balaclava. During the battle, the outnumbered men of the 93rd defeated a Russian cavalry charge. Typically firing from a four-man deep skirmish line on this day, they formed up two men deep, thus presenting a thin red line of riflemen. Firing three volleys, they caused the Russian retreat. In 1911, N.D. Anderson penned a poem named The Thin Blue Line, which likened the U.S. Army's blue uniforms during the Civil War to the British actions in 1854. The following is one passage. The thin blue line that fights for right, that never bends the knee to might, has ever since it knew God's light, fought dar oppression in his lair, and routed wrong from valleys fair, sweet peace and plenty leaving there. New York Police Commissioner Richard Enright is mainly attributed to applying the term to law enforcement and used the phrase in several speeches in the 1920s. The thin blue line phrase was further popularized by LAPD Chief William H. Parker, who used it as the title for the LAPD-produced television program in 1952. He used it in numerous speeches, referring to law enforcement as the, quote, barrier between law and order and social and civil anarchy, end quote. Only recently has the term come under attack by numerous groups as being divisive, oppressive, and racist. Not knowing the history of the phrase, nor caring, these groups advocate disuse and removal of any referencing symbols. For several decades, The representation of a black background separated by a blue line has symbolized the thin blue line. 
My own agency's SWAT logo for over 40 years has been a black shield with a diagonal blue line. Popular today is the thin blue line flag representing solidarity among all law enforcement personnel and all those supporting their efforts, regardless of race or political affiliation. Furthermore, it symbolizes their oath of office and adherence to the law enforcement code of ethics. Anti-police factions recently politicized the slogan in the flag by inferring they represent a, quote, code of silence, end quote, an oppressive history of police racism and civil rights abuses, and point to its use by white supremacist groups. Further complicating the controversy is a reference to the Blue Lives Matter movement. Law enforcement leaders who fail to educate themselves or their politicians and communities on the Thin Blue Line's honorable history are likely to buckle under pressure for its eradication. Unwittingly, they are undoing a proud history, alienating their officers and apologizing when none is warranted. Nevertheless, chiefs and sheriffs must balance their officers' morale with the desire of the politicians. Sheriffs are elected and typically have more incentive to resist political pressure. Chiefs are often contract employees or serve at the will of their municipality and are easily terminated. The final analysis, in my opinion, boils down to whether the public and political entities support their law enforcement agency. The thin blue line has become the litmus test for either the support or lack of support for an agency. As unpopular as the decision to remove the flag might be, it's still not a hill worth dying on. Frequently, officers may not fully understand the administrative decisions or appreciate their tenuous position. We know our job is to enforce the law objectively, fairly, and professionally, regardless of the public sentiment. You will recall the first paragraph of the Law Enforcement Code of Ethics. As a law enforcement officer, my fundamental duty is to serve mankind, to safeguard lives and property, to protect the innocent against deception, the weak against oppression or intimidation, and the peaceful against violence or disorder, and to respect the constitutional rights of all men to liberty, equality, and justice. This duty is to be upheld regardless of our popularity with the public we serve. If we keep this concept at the forefront and stay true to our mission, we will still prevail with or without the symbolism of the thin blue line flag. As a police chief, I would rigorously educate the public and politicians and defend the flag's symbolism if confronted with this request. I would allow them to reevaluate their position, but if it did not sway their decision, I would address my employees and explain my decision to deauthorize the flag. The chief or sheriff losing community support for failing to remove the flag and ultimately getting terminated does the agency no good. I will conclude with the words of the Athenian Demosthenes in 338 and elaborated upon by Oliver Goldsmith, who said, quote, He who fights and runs away may live to fight another day but he who is battle-slain can never rise to fight again. End quote. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining me today. Please go check out our additional resources available at lawenforcementguru.com. Join my Facebook group by searching for Law Enforcement Guru. Follow us on Instagram at Law Enforcement Guru. And finally, email me at Tony at Law Enforcement Guru. Dot com. For now, 
I will see you all in the next episode. And until then, stay safe and healthy. Now that you've finished this episode of The Law Enforcement Guru, it's time to take your education even further by visiting our webpage for valuable resources like show notes on today's episode, videos, blogs, and downloadable content to make you even more marketable long before you enter the interview. You can find all this and more on lawenforcementguru.com. 